Welcome back to Behind the Business Curtain. I am your host, Ryan Hansen. Today we are joined by my friend, Ian Peterman from Peterman Design Firm. I hope you enjoy this as much as I will. Ian, thank you for joining me, sir. How are you today? Good. Great to be here. It's, uh, I first heard you on the Beer and Business podcast, which I thoroughly enjoy listening to. And uh, I was super impressed with what you've got going on. So I was excited to have this conversation on here. Um, okay. Yeah, that yeah. podcast is a fun one. I, I, I think it will be fun. Um, <laughs> So before we jump into the businessy stuff, uh, let's talk about you. Who who are you? Where where were you before you started uh, Peterman Design Firm? Yeah. So the uh, the uh, short history is I wanted to be in design my entire life, and so I started out uh, getting I got an internship when I was sixteen, designing uh, with a company that made industrial lasers. Okay. So I did that did that for a few years, and then. I kind of just garnered a lot of experience. I worked for HP for a while on some contracts. Uh, I've worked at a nuclear power plant as a designer. I've worked in the sound industry doing speakers. Uh, so really kind of getting a really broad experience of how different products and supply chains and, and things are all put together. And then I, um, I got, I finished my degree late. I took a, four-year hiatus or something like that. And then I finished my degree and I started a design firm with three other partners. And we did that for about three years. And because of the partners, uh, I was able to learn marketing and sales and branding and yeah, packaging. All that fun stuff. <laughs> the other stuff that goes into making a product actually hit the shelves and somebody actually want to buy it yeah. and be able to get it. Um, and so that was... Uh, kind of like a crazy three-year crash course on everything beyond just, you know, the industrial design and engineering most people think of. And then I worked briefly at a company building giant ovens. So wow. we built the oven that uh, you could, our paint business and ovens. So when they, when Boeing paints and uh, an entire wing, a 747 wing, they do it all at once, and they do it in, in some of the equipment that I've worked on. So it's <laughs> even a totally different area. I, and then I decided to start Peterman Design Firm. I wanted to get back into consulting uh, full-time, and so that's that's how I'm here. And that's how you're here. So tell us, uh, like, what is the, the main, the bread and butter of, of your company? What do you do? Bread and butter is... Um, a bit broad compared to a lot of companies because our our specialty is actually is startups or companies at another acceleration point where they're launching a new product or or taking an existing okay product and getting it into more higher production volume, optimizing it. Because uh, our, our specialty is focused in tangible products, but we do branding and we do you know packaging and, and really everything around it because it's the way we see it is that it's an ecosystem and, and you can't really yeah. trying to separate all those things out individually. You can do it. It's been done. You know, you can hire a firm that does one thing, uh, but 
I found that that doesn't always work and it's not always as fast. Yeah. You know, we can move a lot faster having it all in one house. And so not to say we don't have experts, right? We have, you know, packaging. We're not having our mechanical engineer do the branding. Yeah. But it's all in house. And so we're able to control and shrink those timelines down into something that a startup would feel is more reasonable because they're all moving as fast as they possibly can. And so that's, that's kind of our, our niche and our, our zone. I dig it. Okay. So just to make sure that I understand, it's like a one-stop shop to take my good idea, fairy product or concept to market. So concept cash flow, marketing it, figuring out the supply chain, I like. I'm just thinking about like if I had a good idea of a product, I don't necessarily need to know all of the things in between. I just need to know who to email to say I need ten of them because I just sold ten of them, and so you can right. help people get that to there. Okay, exactly. so that's really cool. Um, tell me about the team. How many how many people are on there? What what do you do? Uh, how do you how do you manage the team? Yeah, so we have about 10 full-time permanents, and then we we have a long list of probably 30 to 40 contractors that okay. we work on. They come in on different specialties. You know, we've needed a vacuum pump engineer before. Right. So, you, know, you don't need a full-time vacuum pump not engineer. Not full-time, but... <laughs> nope. But when you need them, you need them, and there's, there's not really a way around it. So. We have our contract team that, that supports us on an on ongoing basis. And then we have a bunch of partner companies that okay. I've worked with and built relationships with over the years. And so, uh, and that's everything from specialized testing to some FDA approval companies to mm-hmm. manufacturers. Uh, we have really strong relationships in uh, several countries, Asia, Mexico, even a couple of European manufacturers. Yeah. And so... That, that network is really as it's where our value comes in as we have a pre made network. <laughs> it's like people are paying you for your Rolodex and you just get to project manage that. So pretty yeah, much that works. What are some of the bottlenecks that you find? Um, I mean, the biggest bottleneck right now is supply chain. Supply chain is having mm-hmm. all kinds of struggles right now, especially if you're doing, uh, any kind of smart products, which a lot of our new clients that we brought on board, that's their space, IoT, uh, you know, so it's it's an interesting space. We've been able to work around it, but even, you know, we're working with a, another project that's in uh, uh, sporting goods, and mm. they're having issues. So we're, we were brought in to help with building out a supply chain for them yeah. because making a glove is hard. <laughs> right now and yeah. you know so think about that for a second that's that's something you never i never would have thought i could ever say two years ago and now it's glove gloves making is challenging yeah yeah <laughs> yeah so and that's and that's kind of the all-consuming issue at this point all the other problems i you know i know people in construction that you know usually it's a people pr- problem i don't can't hire enough people but there's no supplies to do stuff. So right. kind of all the other problems really fall away if you can't get raw materials at a price that matches what people will actually pay for your yeah. product. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's that's the dance that we're all doing right now. And that's our that's our that's our number one 
hurdle. Right. Yeah, I think uh, just about anybody can see, like, we're in that post, obviously, with the shutdowns and everything, like, these are the ripple effects that we're now absorbing. And I I hope it's just a matter of time. And at some point, things will kind of level out and we'll get back to a state of normal. But um, it is. But there's, yeah. there's things that, like, you know, people don't think about chips just to go from from sand to wafer the six months yeah. so if nobody's buying anything and so when you crash the orders down well there's six months they're only going to buy enough materials to make so much so now those those long you know we think of everything developing really fast but the product mm-hmm. world there's six month 12 month lead times for raw materials and so yeah it will. It will come back. It's, it may take a couple of years, though, to fully recover from stopping a supply chain dead in its right. track. Um, yeah, it'll be nice. Unfortunately, I can't imagine a, a world in where it'll just be like, oh, OK, now we've solved the problem. Like, it's just going to be a gradual, like, coming back to whatever the new normal is. And I hate that term, yeah. normal, but it, it is what it is. Um Okay, so on the on the businessy side, if I'm uh, your ideal customer, kind of what's the workflow that we would go through if I wanted to produce a sports glove or um, you know, whatever whatever product I have in my head? What is what does that journey look like? Yeah, so typical journey, you know, if it's just I have an idea and I have I have funding, I want to get something started, but we don't know you know, the exact path forward because that hasn't been done. Then we start with road mapping and doing the research side of things and identifying, you know, how can we actually build this? How, what are the roadblocks, any hurdles that we need to get over and really defining that so that we minimize the surprises later (laughs) and try to make sure it's all up front. And then our process, you know, something that we focus on is conscious design and, building products that are sustainable and, you know, socially aware of, you know, the impact impacts. And so we go through our design process. We ask those questions up front of, well, what, what impact do you want your product to have uh, during its entire life cycle? What's right. the cradle to cradle or cradle to grave? Like what's really that? And so we try to drive those decisions as early as possible so that, you know, Six months from now, if you go, hey, I want a really sustainable product that's green, we don't go, well, yeah, that, we're in the middle of everything right now. That was good to know six months ago. <laughs> <laughs> I know, because, um, yeah, you tip one domino, and then the whole chain it, afterwards is going to it, it change the course of it, yeah. Everything is such a ripple effect. It's, mm-hmm. it's product. So, you know, once you start making molds, you're kind of committed, or you're going to spend the same amount of money. Again, there's no... Recapturing the molds. Yeah. <laughs> it's not code. You can't just grab the snippet you like and and pop it into a new thing. Uh, it's it's been made. It's it's there. So um, and then we we just walk through the uh, typical design process. We do concept work. We do the engineering, and then you know at the end we're building supply chains and mm-hmm. identify helping identify you know where where are you going to sell this? How are you going to sell? It? What does the packaging need to look like? Yeah, which so is critical to success it. for somebody to make their money back after investing on that prototype. Yeah, it yeah. is. Yeah, and that's the big thing is is a part of why we pulled kind of everything in and all the design fields into one is 
products are expensive. It mm-hmm. costs a lot of money to, to launch them. And so everybody wants to get that money back. And so that's why we have that conversation early on too is, okay, well, if you want your money back, if you want to make this a profitable yeah. product, we got to package it. We have to make sure you have a supply chain. You got to be able to ship it to your customers. Right. Um, <laughs> right. You need to have the logistics in place. So there's a lot of pieces to go. And that's why that domino effect, we try to try to get those decisions early on. Hmm. So how do people find you? Like, how do you market your company? Um, well, I do uh, networking. We have a lot of referrals from from previous clients and just people I've known in the industry have been doing this for a long time now. So, um, and we, we do some outbound, you know, we, we occasionally reach out to companies that we think might be a good fit or they're doing something interesting that we like that yeah. kind of matches our own mission. We'll, we'll reach out and say, Hey, how can we, how can we help? Can we be a part Is this? Would this be valuable? Um, and then, you know, we're, we're on social media. I wouldn't say that it sells us anything, but it's, it's, uh, One hard of the, to the necessary evils. <laughs> yeah. I, it's, forcing myself to learn LinkedIn and it's like this whole new language. It's a whole new like social norms and there's, you know, rules c- consistency. And I'm like, Oh no, I don't want to do it. <laughs> but it's, I'm forcing myself through that. It's, it's worth, it's worth it. Cause it's, it's at this point, uh, social proof, right? Yeah. It's, if you're not on, at least a couple social media platforms and still have a website. So people right. still are, th- are starting to think, Oh, you don't need a website. No, no. They just use the social media to verify. And then they're expecting to be able to click on your website. Right. So you still need a website and social media. And then they'll go, oh, okay, you're, you're a real business. Yeah. You're- well, the website, <laughs> the, the way I explain it to folks is that's your new front door. Like there is no, yeah brick and mortar to go to. And that get, that goes for businesses, churches, like it doesn't matter. That's where people nope. are going to go. And uh, it better be mobile friendly as well because everybody's doing it off of their phone. And uh, yeah, it's a whole though. new thing. That's like, that's the, the minimum viable product for a company is you've got to be on there. So yeah. Yeah. That's, without that, the only way that you're in business is if you can work on referral only. And I've, I've met some of those people that are pure get referral. There. Yeah. But they don't, they don't have any social media. They don't have any mm-hmm. any digital. You can do that. Like There's plenty of people, but that's a whole different type of marketing. And if it is. Not, and it doesn't really work for, say, software as a service or something like what you're doing. <laughs> like, you have to. No. <laughs> you have to be. Okay. Um, so, businessy question here. What's one thing that you could automate to save you time and money? Uh, we do quite a bit of automation. Um Zapier is is a tool well used by us. Okay. So we we've optimized, you know, we have like forms and questionnaires that are involved because it's a, there's a lot of information we have to get from For sure. a potential client just to be able to put together a proposal and say this is how much it's gonna cost. Um, and so we've used automation to help that process in collecting that information, yeah. putting it together so that we can actually look at it easily. You know, to actually read right. read the information, uh, we use it a little bit. I mean, we use tools for social media. We schedule out um, that that kind of thing. So, automation has been 
pretty useful. We're, we're able to, you know, when somebody contacts us, we enter it into our CRM tool and then it generates it into anywhere else. Perfect. And we start yeah. a new project, you know, it, it starts a bare bones task, you know, task and project in our project management software mm-hmm. and, you know, connects to our billing software so we can get our retainer invoice out. So we use all that to, to minimize as much as possible, which is Good. all automation is great. I love yeah. automation. <laughs> I ask because I'm trying to build that into our company as well. And it's, uh, I'm, I'm learning as we go. So yeah, thanks. That validates what I do every day. Do it. Do uh, it yeah. as much as possible. <laughs> um, Perfect. So, uh, if somebody wanted to get in touch with you, if they have, if they're listening to this and they're like, "Hey, I've got this idea," um, can you tell us some examples of things that you've built for customers? Some, like, what are, what are some of your favorite projects? Yeah. So, uh, probably one of my most favorite is we worked with a client to do lightsabers. So yes, I was hoping the, you'd bring that up. <laughs> yeah, the fa- they're the fancy metal sound effects motion is a six, I think six axis motion sensor. Nice. It, it knows when it hits you. They're dueling, so when they hit each other, they make a different noise, and when they just move. So uh, yeah, we I help I help them go from uh, basically like making each one by hand to mm. helping create a system so that they were able to pump out a lot more because their demand, their demand was over their, their yeah. ability to build. And so, yeah, we, we developed that product. We helped them upgrade a lot of things with that. So that was, that was pretty fun. Uh, I think we ended up doing some branding and we did some photo shoots as well, which was great because we got to actually have the same. I saw some of those. That was really <laughs> cool. Yeah. Folks, go check it out on the website. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was, that was probably the most fun because I love Star Wars, obviously. I can tell. Yeah. <laughs> so Dude, I was so close to buying one of the, the Rebel pilot helmets at Disneyland when we were there a couple weeks ago. And I was like, oh, it's so expensive, but I want it to live on the shelves back there. And I thought of you when I was when I was contemplating buying one. And I was like, mm, no. I, I may do it. I yeah. Um, we're actually going to Disneyland in a couple weeks. So now that I know that those are there. Oh, yeah. Dude, in Star Wars <laughs> land, you're going to go crazy. It's it's pretty awesome. You can get the whole flight suit and everything. And uh, yeah. It's... Oh, man. Yeah. We're taking our kids. We, we haven't we haven't taken this first time. So they're excited to go see it. But I'm pretty much like, well, I'm going to take yep. you. But I'm really going to Star Wars land. So yeah. Hit me up later. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll give you some tricks on how to get, make sure that you get uh, tickets into the right areas. Cause the new Marvel land is there and um, it's not just open yet. You gotta, you gotta time it right to get the ticket. So um, there's, right. there's a method to the madness, but the Star Wars stuff, dude, it's incredible. what's that? It, there's always a method. It's Disney there is a method. Yeah, we're we're there more often than I care to admit. So, um, yeah, uh, let's move into the speed round. I have the super corny sound that's not going to play now. Two, 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 speed round. Um, so, what is one thing business people and entrepreneurs should stop wasting time on? 
Oh, that's actually a really long list of things, but I say LinkedIn, say LinkedIn. I don't want to do LinkedIn. <laughs> uh, no, you probably need LinkedIn. I would, I would say you actually need that one. Um, really, I think the biggest waste of time that people put into is overthinking things. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's analysis paralysis destroys. It's the eventual destruction yeah. of most companies, and it's something that should be purged quite heavily from any business culture. Yeah. I don't, you know, bureaucratic level. So really it's identifying problem, identifying a solution as quickly as possible and then execute. And that's like, that's why startups grow so quickly is because they do that on a daily basis because it's how they survive. Yeah. Seth Godin's advice. It's like, it'll never be perfect. Ship it. Um, yeah. Learn, oh, be do better Spread. next time, but ship it. Just send it. I dig it. Yes. All right. So, kind of the inverse of that question: What is one thing that you hate doing, but is necessary, and you have to do it anyway? Um, probably social media. That's why I hired someone to do that. <laughs> Wise. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's it's. I think we were just talking about as a necessary evil. You know, it, it's there for social proof. It's it's needed, but unless you're really into it, it's not, it's not really your thing. It's, yeah. It's a bit of a, do you, do you create content for that? Or are you just engaging with other people? What's, what is the social we, media plan? Yeah, we, we create content. Uh, we promote, we, I have my podcast. We're constantly promoting f- for podcast guests. Um, we have a book coming out. So we're launching for that. So we're constantly creating content. And when we work on client projects that will allow us to share right. uh, what we've done with them. We generate content to share that. So we do a lot of content generation and then we have, you know, some engagement as well. Just, you know, people liking, commenting and that we want to respond to. So it becomes social media is one of those holes becomes very, very deep quickly. And yeah. so it's really valuable uh, it has it's a great way to be out there and have a presence and have people aware and um, but it is a it is a time suck. <laughs> it is indeed. Uh, I I am trying to train my kids up so that one day I can just be like, here, you're my new social media guy. <laughs> He's twelve, so we're not there yet. But um, all right, what is your favorite way of taking in information? Books, audiobooks, obviously podcasts. Yeah, podcasts are always fun. Um, I definitely, I don't sit and read anymore. That used to be my my favorite, but now if I'm gonna if I'm gonna try to ingest is, any new information, audio is is mm-hmm. my preferred. So all audiobooks, podcasts, kind of yeah. the format doesn't really matter to me. It's audio, so I can do something else while I'm also listening. I know I'm getting old and I have to take a daily walk. So that's, uh, that's my reading time. <laughs> Walking is good though. Yeah. You can do that young when you're young too. Probably help. True story. <laughs> All right. What's your favorite social media platform since we're on that, where folks can find you? Definitely LinkedIn. That's okay. where I'm, I'm the most active, um, we're on everything else, so you can message us on, you know, Instagram or Facebook. But uh, LinkedIn is definitely the place where I'm. I actually personally spend time on. Cool. I will make sure and put the links to your site and your LinkedIn in all of the notes down below. 
So anything else, any parting words that you want to send people off with? Uh, action items, something they could do today to change their lives? Um, I think the biggest thing, and it mesh, meshes well with my book, but it's being aware. If you're, Especially if you're in a physical product, start thinking about, you know, the impact areas that a product has and, yeah. and choosing to make a, you know, everything happens. So, you know, a brand can just happen or you can plan it. And, right. And so the idea that I'm, I'm trying to get people to think about is what is your legacy going to be? What are your, what are your kids and grandkids and all their friends going to think of you in 60 years? Yeah. Okay. What we kind of glanced be? over the book thing. <laughs> Tell me, so is what's the title of the book? When when does it come out? Conscious Design, and it is scheduled to come out on October twenty sixth. Uh, as long as Amazon uh, doesn't throw us any curveballs, awesome. So we've already dealt with yeah. one curveball. So um, yeah, well, as long as that goes goes well, that'll be the launch date, and we'll it'll be on all our social media when, when we do. Good for you, man. Well, once this posts, actually, this will post next week. So uh, make sure you get me the link to that, and I'll post that down below as well. Absolutely. Um, cool. Uh, I look forward to reading that. I'll pick one up. I I thoroughly enjoyed our conversation. Um, this is great. I know that there's going to be chances for us to work together in the future because customers that are buying software half the time also have some kind of product or thing that goes with it, and uh, yeah. you'll be my, my first stop. So. Uh, I appreciate you coming on the show, and I hope that you have a fantastic rest of your day. Thanks. Great for, thanks for having me. Great All to be right. here. See you next time. All right. This episode of Behind the Business Curtain is brought to you by Build Online. Build Online is your one-stop shop for web development and mobile app design, and they're ready to bring your app idea to life. Their process starts with a one-day in-person blueprint meeting where they get clear on your goal and vision for the project, and it ends with an MVP app that's ready to launch and market. Build Online offers you access to a full team of developers and designers, along with a dedicated project manager that will own your vision for the project and give you weekly updates so you're never in the dark. At Build Online, they don't do project-based billing or long-term contracts. You just review the completed work and pay an invoice every two weeks, avoiding the traditional money pit model that may have bitten you in the past. Book a call with me at buildonline.io, and we can figure out a plan to bring your app idea to life.